Good morning, Crossroads. My name is Dustin. I'm the pastor to students, and it's great to be here with you this morning as we finish the final week of our series called Succession, which has been following the life of Elijah, who is a prophet who made a profound difference in the nation of Israel among God's people. He truly lived a life of significance as he helped lead other people to know who God was. And as we come to the final week of the series, we're also looking at the final moments of Elijah's life as he passes his mantle and his mission on to his successor, Elisha. And I think as we think through this moment, it's important for us uh, to, to really take times in our life like today uh, to, to realize that everything, most things in life, most seasons, most things we go through in life have an end Date. If you are in school, at some point in time, you are going to graduate and move on. If you are raising children, at some point in time, your kids will move out of the house. If you are in a job, you are either going to leave your current job and move to another, or hopefully, at one point in time, you'll retire. Most things in our life have an end point. And I think it's important for us, as we're in the seasons of life we are in, to think about this concept of legacy, uh, to ask yourself, what mark are you going to make in the current season of life you are in? You know, in my own life, I never really thought about that until my senior year of high school, and I'm reflecting on the past 12 years of my life that I had spent in the education system of Waterford, Michigan, uh, and I, I just was thinking, I wish I could have made a bigger mark. You know, I played sports, and I was wishing maybe I had my record on the wall when I was running, or maybe a state championship with my picture. Even like a statue would be fine, just a statue of me outside my high school. That would be great, right? I wish that I would have made a mark, and I remember thinking through these things uh, as I was sitting in class, uh, and I was supposed to be listening and studying and being a good student, but instead, uh, me and a couple of my buddies were in the back of the class, and we were trying to find better ways to spend our time. And we didn't have phones to play games or anything like that. And so we came up with a game for ourselves. And this game was fantastic. And it went something like this. We called it Pure Adrenaline Rush, or PAR for short. We even had a nickname for it. It was Why Bogey When You Can PAR. It was a fantastic experience. The game, the game was something where you came up with a category of things, such as people you might want to punch in the face, or characters you want to bring with you to the zombie apocalypse, or animals you'd like to steal from a zoo. Something like that. You come up with a category, and then you have to get your ninja skills ready and sneak up to the whiteboard with a dry erase marker and try to write as many of those answers on the board before a teacher caught you. And I'm telling you, its name comes from a reason. It was a pure adrenaline rush. We had all sorts of ways to write on boards. I liked the under the armpit one as you're sitting there looking in your writing or the behind the back. It was great. There was one time we had a substitute teacher and we wrote 25 things on the board before she even knew anything and it was fantastic. But man, listen, getting caught was an adrenaline rush. Not getting caught was an adrenaline rush. This game was fantastic and it began to take over my senior year of high school and I played in every single class. And me and one of my buddies, we started writing a rule book, and we made copies of the rule book, and we began to distribute the rule book among other classes. 
And I remember the moment I realized that I had done something of extreme significance, something that was beautiful. I was walking down the hallway. I probably should have been in class. And I looked to a class filled with sophomores. And I saw one kid on the board doing the under the armpit move, which was my favorite move. Four of his friends in the back were giggling. Then he ran to the back of the class and high-fived them. And on his desk, I saw my rule book for the game par. And one solo tear streamed down my face as I was filled with pride, because I realized that I had done something I would be remembered by. I had done something that lasts. And I had a friend who was younger than me who said, my Spanish teacher who took the book for me was, had, it, had it in her class two years later. And it's like, yes, I had made a mark on my high school days. It didn't look like what I might have thought, but I made a mark. I was going to be remembered. And I think it's important in any time of our lives to ask ourselves that question of what our legacy is going to look like. What legacy are we building in life? Because the reality is this, not only do all seasons of our life come to an end, but at some point in time, all of our lives uh, will come to an end. And I think it's important to ask these questions. And so today, as we look at the last moments of Elijah, I want you just to be asking yourself the question, what legacy are you leaving? What legacy are you building? Are you living a life of significance? And we catch up with Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2, and it says this, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave leave you. So they went on together. Elijah and Elisha are on a journey together. Uh, and many people who are smarter than me, scholars who have studied this book, uh, suggest that maybe Elijah is touring all of these places and looking at the schools of prophets, the people, the prophets who are coming up next, the people who he has poured into. And he's looking through his life. And it's like he's taking a journey through all of the good, all of the success he's had in life, all of his accomplishments. And he's looking and he's following God's voice to go there. And all the time, it's like he's trying to just get rid of this past Elijah who won't seem to leave him alone because it's like he knows what a lot of us know. Sometimes it's just easier to do things by yourself. You don't have to worry what he's going to eat, what, what's going to happen. And it's like he's carrying Elisha. And it's like every turn he gets, he's trying to get rid of him because he just wants to focus on the things that he thinks matter. He's trying to focus on the legacy that he has built in the stuff that he has done and here's what I want us to recognize this, because Elisha is unwilling to leave Elijah uh, because of this. Legacies are never built alone. 
If you're trying to build a legacy, it's not going to happen alone. And I think our tendency is a lot like Elijah. Is we like to do things ourselves to kind of just go about our work. And sometimes we focus on the insignificant things in our life at the expense of almost leaving the significant things behind. I think a lot of times we focus on what we're accumulating or what we're accomplishing, our wealth, how much money we have in the bank, how, much, how many vacations we can go on, all these things. We, we focus on our social, our social status and how many followers we have on social media, and we focus on these things that just don't matter, and sometimes we focus on them so much that we miss out on things that truly matter, the people that are journeying with us through life. I know this is extremely important for us to recognize because I've been to a lot of funerals and I know that what matters in life isn't the stuff you've accomplished, it's not the stuff that you've gained, it's not the wealth you have acquired because at funerals they hardly ever get the person's bank account out and they don't ever look at their purchases or their credit score or how many apartments or houses they bought. Almost always the best funerals I go to are the ones that have people who have been impacted by this person. When somebody invests in other people, that funeral is a moving experience because the legacy lives on in the people they have invested in because legacies aren't built alone. And we can't sacrifice the significant things in our life in pursuit of insignificant things. The story keeps going. 50 men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. And I love this moment in the story, and it probably sounds familiar to you if you're familiar at all with the Old Testament, because the whole splitting of water and walking on dry ground should bring you to one of the climax moments of the Old Testament as Moses led the people of God out of slavery and into freedom. And what's happening here in 2 Kings, it's like Elisha and Elijah are reenacting God's story. They're participating in what God is doing because God is always about bringing people from slavery, from bondage into a life of freedom. And there Elijah and Elisha are, they're walking on the ground, experiencing the story of God in person. I want you to notice the second group of people are these 50 dudes that are just up on a hill, and they're they're sitting in their recliners with their legs up, eating popcorn, just watching these guys do God's work. And I'm sure they're commenting and complaining and saying they could have done it better, and they they would have done, opened the water this way, and they're up on the hill just watching but we don't know any of their names because here's what I, know, what I know. Legacies are never built on the sideline. Like we, I think, often settle for a version of Christianity that's like we come to a church service and we watch other people do ministry. We sit on the sideline and we eat our popcorn in our comfy chairs and we just say, man, I could have done it better. I would have done it differently or I would have picked a different color for that or whatever. And it's easy for us to sit on the sidelines and make judgments on people who are doing ministry. And here's what I want you to know. If your experience of church, of faith, is just coming to watch us online, first of all, I want to say thank you. I'm so excited you get to watch us and I hope you keep coming back week after week. But if that's your only expression of faith in a week, I think you're missing out on the beauty of what God is calling you to, because legacies are never built on the sideline. And I wouldn't be a very good youth pastor if I didn't take a moment just to say we have chances at Crossroads for you to volunteer, and I love the way youth ministry puts adults and people who in a place to invest in the next generation. 
We have people at Crossroads who, have, who were worried when I asked them to serve, and they have come and made a profound difference in the people of Crossroads, a profound difference in teenagers to the point where they become second family, second, second parents to the teenagers at Crossroads. And there are plenty of ways for you to serve at Crossroads in kids ministry or in tech or worship or the best one in youth ministry. And it's like we invite you to serve, to not settle for, a, for faith on the sideline because legacies are never built on the sideline. The story keeps going. And when they came to the other side, they had gone through the river. Elijah and Elisha said, tell me what I, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elijah replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. And I love uh, just uh, Elijah's and Elisha's conversation here. Uh, you can imagine Elijah, this man of God who's done incredible things for God. In fact, he's had seven incredible moments recorded in scripture where God has just intervened on his behalf and he's done amazing things. He battled the prophets of, of another God and, and his, his stories are just incredible stories. And here comes this little punk and he says, I want to be twice as good as you. And you can imagine Elijah like just shaking his head like you jack wagon. You have no idea what you're asking for, right? But I love the heart of Elisha because he's not asking for more comfort or more fame. He's asking to make a bigger difference. He says, I want to be twice as good. I want to, I want to make twice as much a difference as you, Elijah. I want to carry on what you're doing and do even more for what God has called us to do. And what's crazy is in scripture, there are seven things written about Elijah, and if you keep reading, there are 14 amazing things written about Elisha, where God intervened on his behalf, and he did amazing things for God and for God's people. And I'm no mathematician, but it seems like 14 is exactly double seven. And here's what I, here's what I think we need to understand is this, legacies are never built by settling. And so often we settle for a version of Christianity that's just not what we're really called to do. We settle for comfort and we settle for less. And I believe God calls each of us to amazing things. In fact, there's a scripture in Ephesians that says this, because of the spirit of God that is work at work within us, he can accomplish infinitely more than you could ask or imagine. That God wants to accomplish infinitely more in you and through you than you could ever possibly ask or even imagine is possible. And so if you are given a, a big God dream, a dream that, that helps connect other people to Jesus, not a dream about making yourself famous, but a dream about making Jesus famous, man, we have to ask and we can't settle for less than the dreams God have given us. And when we settle for less, we miss out. I just imagine what, what would have happened if Elisha just would have been like, hey man, I just wanna be kind of like you. Give me half. How many people would have missed out on experiencing God if Elisha would have chosen to settle? Legacies are never built by settling. Elijah answers his request by saying this, you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. You have asked a difficult thing, and there is so much, so many experiences packed in those short few words, because Elijah has done many difficult things. He has been in a battle against other prophets where he was alone by himself, standing so much opposition. And he's carried the burden of leadership and he's been alone in a cave and he wondered where God was and he was searching for God and he had doubts and he had stress and he carried all of these difficult things with him. And he knows the burden of what it is to lead and do what God wants you to do. He knows that it's hard to live a life of obedience. And he says, Elisha, you have asked a difficult thing. 
Here's what I've come to know to be true, that legacies are built by doing difficult things. And I think we love, we're drawn to the comfort zone, we're drawn to stay in our little box, and our bubble, we don't want to ruffle feathers, we don't want to get in arguments with people, we don't want to face opposition, but legacies aren't built by staying in what makes us comfortable, they're built by doing difficult things. In fact, my first job in ministry, I was a youth pastor at a church in Oklahoma, uh, and a couple months after being there, a guy came to me and said, Dustin, I think you'd be great to help me lead camp this camp for, for hundreds of kids that we're going to be putting on. It's this really big production, and I've led it before, and I will lead it, and then you can help me lead it along the way, and I will show you the ropes, and it's going to be great. And I said, that sounds awesome. I want to learn from somebody who's, who's older than me and done this before, who's more experienced in ministry. And so we started planning, and we came up with a few things. And then a month later, literally a month later, he called me and said, Dustin, I've got great news. And I was thinking, sweet, did we plan a band or what? He goes, I'm moving to a different church. And if I could have punched him through the phone, I would have. Because he said, what that means is now you are in charge of running camp. Mind you, the last time I had been to a teen camp, I was like a freshman in high school. And now I was in charge of leading one for hundreds and hundreds of kids. And I was supposed to plan all this stuff. And I remember for the next four months, I just was stressed all the time because it was a burden I wasn't used to carrying. I wasn't used to leading other people. And it just was, it just was a hard thing. And I had to do lots of difficult things and make difficult decisions. And, and as camp came, I remember just being stressed out as I was trying to lead the adult leaders and lead the students and, and come up with all these games. And I did a lot of difficult things that week. I remember as the end of it came, I remember just being like so worn out because I had done so much stuff. It was like 70 hours, like it's just all, it's like all day, every day. I just was spent for like a month trying to figure out how to make this the best experience possible. And I remember as the band was on stage and they were worshiping in the last song and there was a big movement of God and I saw teenagers worshiping with their hands up and, and I just was worshiping and I was tired. And in that moment, I felt the spirit of God just come in and say, Dustin, look what I can do with a little obedience. And I remember becoming overwhelmed with these, these, these kids that were making decisions for Jesus and it was like Jesus was telling me, he's like, Dustin, when you choose to obey me and do the difficult things and step out of your comfort zone, I always show up when it's about making Jesus famous. And I love that. I wonder what might happen, what God can do with a little obedience, because legacies aren't built. Legacies are built by doing difficult things. The story keeps going. It says this, if you see me when I am taken from you, you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw and cried out, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of, of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elisha's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. And here's this incredibly powerful moment in the life of Elijah and Elisha as Elijah's life comes to an end and he's taken into heaven. And now as he's, his clothes just fall to the ground and Elisha is torn up because his friend, his father, his mentor, 
is being taken away from him. And he looks over and sees the clothes of Elijah on the ground, and he goes over and picks them up, and he knows it's not just clothes he's picking up. This is the mission, this is the mantle, this is the identity, this is the calling of Elijah that he had been carrying his whole life. This is the burden he had held for for his entire life as he's calling people back to connect to God. And Elisha goes over and he, and he, he puts on the clothes, it puts on the mission, he puts on, he puts on the identity, the calling of Elijah to carry it on out. And if you notice, he starts right away doing the very things that Elijah had been doing. Because this is what happens, legacies are built by taking up the mission. A life of significance happens when we choose to live a life on a mission. And listen, our world is in desperate need to know who Jesus is. And not like some fake version of Jesus that gets all politicized, but like the real Jesus. We, our, our, our culture is in desperate need of the truth and grace and justice that is found in Jesus. And it only happens if people like you and like me and churches like Crossroads will pick up the mission and carry it on into the world. And a life of significance doesn't happen in the comfort zone. It happens when we put on the mission of Jesus. And listen, a church like Crossroads exists because there is a line of people who have carried on the mission, and we can experience Jesus this morning because they were faithful to their calling. And we are living in their legacy. And in my own life, my grandparents and my parents, they had an intimate relationship with Jesus, and they chose to pass it on to their children And I am a walking experience of their legacy because they they followed the mission of Jesus. Legacies are built by taking up the mission of Jesus. The story ends in verse 15. It says this. "When When the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance, notice that, they saw from a distance what happened. They exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. And, and, and here's this moment where now everything that Elijah, Elisha does is in the name of Elijah. And all the 14 miracles that are about to happen to Elisha are because the influence that Elijah put on him. And, and those people might not ever know who Elijah was, but they are influenced by him through Elisha. And here's what I, what, what I want us to, to, to remember as we come to a close, is this legacies are built through and with the Spirit of God. And that the way that Jesus works and the way the Holy Spirit works is he wants to carry his mission and his message from person to person. And he wants, he wants like Elijah and Elisha, to pass his spirit and his hope and his peace from me onto other people. And right now, the only way that happens is if we are willing to be filled with the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And he wants to come into your heart and he wants to show you his peace and show you his grace and give you his confidence and his courage and lead you to a life that's better than you ever could have imagined, lead you to a life of significance. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the Spirit of Jesus, he then invites you to live in a world and overflow the Spirit into other people. And the way that Jesus connects other people with Jesus is by using obedient people, and I'm convinced that person is you. And here's my question for you today is this, what legacy are you building? 
Whether you are a believer in Jesus or not, it's important for us to ask this question because I think inside all of us is this desperate desire to live a life of significance, a life that matters. And a life that matters doesn't happen alone. We need to bring people with us. It doesn't happen when we stay on the sidelines. We gotta get in the game. You gotta serve. You gotta, you gotta look for other people to help. It doesn't happen, uh, it doesn't happen just by settling for less. He wants to do infinitely more than you could ask or imagine. It happens when you do hard things, when you pick up the mission, and it happens when you invite the Spirit into your heart. What legacy are you building? Just as you think about that question, let me say a prayer for each of you. Jesus, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for leading us to a place uh, of significance, and you're calling us out of our comfort zone and into a life that matters and that makes a difference. And thank you for the people of significance on my own life who have poured you into me. And Jesus, help us to be people that build a legacy and a life that matters. In your name we pray.